Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? This is Sports Society, and we are back at you with another episode today. I'm bringing on Riley Diffley. We will be discussing the latest and the greatest in the NFL world. What just happened with all the games, going through every game, every result. And without being said, let's just bring him in. He's right in the waiting room. He's coming in hot. He's coming in heavy from the University of Missouri State. Riley Diffley. What is up? Unmuted. And uh, and the screen is showing now. Riley, how are we doing, my friend? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic. Week's been great. Fantastic. Just got back settled in today at school. Ready to rock tomorrow. Splendid. Splendid. And, uh, you know, we, we, he doesn't need any introduction. If you've been following the pod, Riley has already been on. And we've we've given our predictions and we discussed what's going to happen. And I We're mean, four for four on the final four, aren't we? I think we are. I didn't say it was Bills. Because I know I said Bengals, but I don't know if you said Bills. Um, I don't wait, we'll have to go back. We'll have to go back. Um, we'll have to go back and check. Um, that being said, I think that we could just, uh, you know, we can, we can give some small talk first, Riley. So you're back in Missouri state. How's mm-hmm. Missouri state, my friend? Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's just, it's so fun. You just, it's great atmosphere, honestly. Uh, sports could be better. Um, but other than that, it's living the life, you know? Good, man. That's great to hear. Um, one thing I've really noticed about going back to college is my meal plan. I don't know if you're on one there or if you're kind of just eating whatever, but yeah, the meal plan I'm on here, I can just really just get after it. I, I've I've gained 15 pounds since I've been in college, um, and I'm just gonna. I plan on staying to go, keeping going up, and uh, you know, in the gym it really helps and. I, I really just feel healthier, even though I'm constantly eating pizza and I'm constantly drinking yeah. protein shakes. Yeah. Just um, Well, for me, a little bit, it's a little bit different. Um, not really, but kind of, you, you remember how I had all my knee injury and all that sickness and stuff. Right. And I got down to about 170 pounds in the middle of the senior year and I was looking frail. Yeah. Um, for those who don't but, know, 170 may not sound too small. For Diffley, that's pretty small. So that being said, keep going Diffley. So. Um, and actually, when I got back to school in the fall, just like you said, I was eating all the time. Yeah. I had protein shakes on lock, gummy, like fruit snacks, chips, everything just at my disposal. I was eating burgers, chicken, hot dogs. It works. Everything. Literally just eating like crap. So, mm-hmm. but I was still getting in the weight room every once in a while. So I was, I was feeling all right. Sure. I body scan the first time I go back from school I was like 197 with like wow. 23% body fat um and then my most recent scan I did just over break um I was at what was it I think it's 204 or something with yeah. 25% body fat so now the goal is just get the body fat down and and stay around where I'm at. You're gonna long. be a you're gonna be a creature once that yeah, that's once the, that that's, body fat gets down. That's the goal. That's the goal. Been moving weight though, so that's good. Good for you. And you you look great. I like the haircut. I haven't seen you, you in a while. Thank so. you. I did. I did in fact get a haircut. Got a yeah. new hat on. Got this for Christmas. Wow, so. look at that. So he's wow. dripped. He's dripped. And good for you. And um, another development for the Diffley camp. The Eagles mm. really really impressed and. Uh, you know, a lot of people were doubting them. 
myself yeah, were. which was wild i didn't understand that myself included i doubted them the reason yeah, being the reason being and i and i you know i'm just going to defend myself real quick because it in hindsight it was bad okay it was bad i i picked the giants in my parlay for two reasons okay yeah. and this bone to me cuz other than this game i won um i, I missed was, i missed one game or two i missed two bets one game in my parlay last week this week i was 4 for 4 okay okay yeah, yeah um the, the reason being I didn't know how well Jalen Hurts was going to come back and be, especially in the playoffs, just mm-hmm. because, you know, it's 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 still pretty new to Jalen Hurts. Um, but this this team, man, the, like watching them, this team, the defense is so much better than I thought. They're ridiculous. Um, the D, yeah, it just wasn't like there was no hope at all for DJ. He it looked like, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the uh, in the Super Bowl. I forget who they played that year, but it was just, um, yeah, man, it was tough. It was tough that the defense looked amazing and Jalen Hurts just scorched earth with that offense. He's got, uh, you know, touchdown pass, touchdown run I saw from him and he's, he just really looked incredible. So great for Eagles. Great for the Eagles. uh, Great for the Eagles organization. They are so back and Diffley is so back. Diffley, how'd you feel about the win? I was pumped. Um, I was actually the week prior, me and Chase were sitting watching the Sunday night game. You know, Chase, Chase Granger. For of course. Um, I don't, know the, Chase. Exact, I don't Chase. know the exact number, um, but he was, we were talking bets. We were talking game plan for next weekend. You know how it is. Of course. Um, how I'm feeling about the game. And I was sitting there. This is going to sound like LeBron, but I was sitting there and I, he said, over under said it like 40, 42 and a half. What are you thinking on that? I was like, over. He was like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's going to be like a 30-something, a seven game. Um, and sure enough, there it was, 38-7. Yeah. Special. Would have just hit, um, I think, to the math, 38-7. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Would have definitely just hit. Um, I would have taken the over, too. I'm with you there. 100% yeah. with you. Yeah. But, yeah, it's difficult. DJ couldn't get going. Um, he had a great game against the Vikings. Their pass rush, obviously, is not the same as the Eagles. No. Eagles, 70-plus sacks on the season so far. Dude, when I saw their, their, like their stat that all four of their D linemen have over like, double-digit sacks, Yeah, that's one of the – like, the when I saw that – 17, I think. Yeah. It, it, that it is, is just like – that's nuts, dog. Like, they're having – the Eagle, like, I'm so excited. I cannot tell you how excited I am for the 49ers Eagles game. That is going to be, oh, it's going to be legit. Literally the clash of the Titans. I, I'm so anxious to see how Brock Purdy deals with the pressure. There's Absolutely. so many storylines going into that game. That being said, I do think we should take a trip around the league and look at the other games because I don't know how interested you are in those, but I was very interested in those outcomes. Oh, All right? I was. I was too. I'll, and I'll even talk about my anticipations for the other outcomes as well. Yes. Um, if you want to start with the other possibility in the NFC being the Eagles-Cowboys NFC championship game, how that would have played out. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a really, really interesting game to watch, partially because it's just an NFC East battle rivalries, NFC championship going to the Super Bowl. Like, both dogs are hunting. I think I remember, by the way, you took – Bengals Eagles in the Super Bowl. Correct. 
You have yeah. a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl, and I had 49ers Chiefs Super Correct. Bowl. So the, the stars are aligning right now for the pod. They're the there. Stars are literally aligning. We are on fire right now. We're there. We're there. <laughs> We're um, so there. But the the anticipation for that game would have been really, really cool. Also, because the Eagles and Cowboys split games this year, if if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um both losing teams were playing with a backup quarterback. So neither team had their their full lineup. Um obviously it was home field advantage one way, home field advantage another. So it could have it really could have gone either way, I yeah. feel like because it's just one of those games where I don't know, but that that outcome didn't really surprise me. Dak hadn't had a back-to-back game without an interception all season, ends up throwing two against the Niners. I just didn't see it really going in any other way. What about yeah. you? Yeah, that that game to me, it just seemed like um Dallas never really came into their own. Pollard mm-hmm. going out with a nasty injury. It's broke. That, Gotta be. Yeah, that that was bad. That was a bad look. Um, it, it sucks to see a special player like that go out that's so um, you know, so shifty. He makes people miss on multiple levels. And you know, with the state that Zeke in, Zeke is in. He's able to be a part of a thunder and lightning like they have, but he can't mm-hmm. be the guy anymore. He can't. Absolutely. Um, he's just been ran into the ground by the Cowboys, which sucks because I really liked watching Zeke in his prime. But he's not the guy anymore, and the Cowboys really just uh, – they couldn't keep up. And so the result of the game it actually was closer than I thought it would be. I mean, the Cowboys yeah, fought well. Absolutely. The defense looked really good, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the 49ers were able to score pretty late and close that one out. So – that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, and then the Chiefs obviously coming out against the Jaguars. What did you like about that game? Were you able to catch that game? Yeah, I was able to catch a little bit of it, not as much okay. as I would have liked. Um, but I saw a clip of Trevor Lawrence. This is this is kind of my Trevor Lawrence piece. Okay. Um, a he had never lost on Saturday until yesterday. Um, I, I gained a lot of respect for Trevor Lawrence over this past weekend, I think, yes. and this before, um, just because he act, he played really well. He played – he stepped up. He did the things he needed to do. Um, there's actually a point in time where there's a clip, I think. I heard from somebody else. I didn't see it. Um, he got hit, and he stood up and said, yeah, 52, yeah, yeah, keep coming with that. I'm weird. I like that or something like that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, bro – he is not saying that he likes getting hit like that right now, is he? And so it's just kind of was kind of cool to hear that. Um, and then another thing, I did see this one. He stood at the front of the tunnel and congratulated I saw that. every single one of his teammates walking through on how good of a season they had, which I really, really liked that. So that was cool. I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, man, to lose by a touchdown to what could be a Super Bowl, well, it's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when with your first year under like an actual organization, what Lawrence had last year, that was not an organization. That was no. a that was a firestorm of shit, whatever yeah, that, that was bad. last year. That was, that was um yeah, Urban Meyer should never coach in the NFL ever again. Never. Um yeah, 217. He had 217 with a touchdown and interception. Obviously, like not a great game. He damn near had 40 attempts passing. And yeah, ETN had a nice game, but yeah, other than that, like their offense just couldn't couldn't get going like they they somehow like they sometimes can, so yeah. that that you know that was tough. And the Chiefs are gonna chief, man. I mean the Chiefs are gonna yeah, chief. Like, 
there's something that that I think is the reason that I'm picking a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl is because I think that they have the two best coaches in the league. I, yeah, I absolutely. I I definitely agree with that. They're they're two really really good coaches. Uh, Nick Sirianni is a great coach with the Eagles, but I think <laughs> I think Shanahan and you're right just are way they're way more creative. Um, the way that the 49ers play football, it's not flashy, it's not in your face. Ah, like I'm gonna run around and do a whole bunch of crazy things, um, and I'm just gonna play solid football. I'm gonna use a really really ath- athletic and good running back to to spread the field a little bit. And Everything's with purpose. Yeah, and then I've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel on the outside who can do just about everything. You can put them in each in the slot. You can put them each out wide. Like, and then not to mention you've got the absolute football asset that George Kittle is. I'm going to say he might be the most valuable overall. Like, he's he's top two overall tight ends, no no doubt. It's him. And I agree. Kelsey. I and agree. Kittle, as though, although he doesn't have as much of a receiving aspect, um, he still he makes can. plays. He can. He still makes those plays. Runs hard after the catch, but his blocking—if you watch the way he blocks—it is ridiculous. He did. A, there was a one clip that I saw. He did a little kind of a pull, and he ran into. I think their left tackle was Trent Williams, right? Yeah. He ran into Trent Williams and absolutely obliterated him. That and doesn't then, happen. And then he was like, uh, and then he helped him up. They were laughing. He tapped him on the head. He was like, "My bad, bro." Like you don't just barrel through one of the best left tackles in the league. Like, no, it just doesn't happen as a tight end. And he didn't do it on purpose, obviously, because he was, but like he, yeah, it was yeah. one of those weird things, but their offense is just ridiculous. Andy Reed, the way he's able to come up with the things that his offense does. He, lets, yeah. he, he has turned that offense into something that Patrick Mahomes can work with and only Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But, that's true. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it because when they had Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, they would just throw the ball wherever they wanted, and there would be a receiver there, and they're still doing that without Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah. And then where does Pacheco come from? Like, they picked you- him up off the street, and yeah. he's literally the second coming of like Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, yeah, actually, like he. Did you see how he runs? Like. He looks like he's going to tear his ACL with every step he takes. He's like stomping into the ground. Like, yeah, that dude wants it. That dude wants it. What I was going to say, yeah, what I was going to say about Kittle is I used to have Mark Andrews over him, but I think after this season, I think Kittle certainly takes that uh, number two spot, but undisputed number one is, is with the Kansas city chiefs. And that's, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. You just can't, you can't not say he's number one right now. Yeah. Uh, Number one, he's number one. Maybe even the number one brother duo in the league right now in Jason and Travis. I'm gonna put that out there right now. It's it's we can talk about that more later. We can keep going with the games. I just want to say that right now. Okay. But yeah, yeah. definitely number one. We can certainly get into that later. Um, so yeah, Kelsey's number one. That's 100 percent true. And you know, all the games, I, I wasn't really like like all the games didn't really have like um like last weekend was amazing for football. Like yeah, all the so games fun. were crazy. And like the games this time were still like pretty fun to watch, but it wasn't to the same effect. Like, oh. um, so yeah, to, to see like no really like super close games was kind of, kind of sucked. And to see the bills really struggle today 
Um, today, by the way, we're filming Sunday night after all the games have just happened. So we're just clarifying that um, the Bills have just played uh, against the Bengals. I guess that was this afternoon, and they did not look very good. They did Josh not. Allen did not look very good. He had a um, a rough day for Josh Allen. A rough day, I tell you, for that guy. Yeah, I wasn't able to catch most of that game. Um, games today, I caught a little. I got I got most of the second half of the 49ers game. Um, and then I caught a little bit of the fourth quarter of the uh, Bills Bengals game. I was out and about, went to church, got packed up for school, was on the road. Um, so I wasn't able to catch either of those games as much yeah. as I would like to. But yeah, the Bills, from what I saw, the Bills were struggling heavy. Um, um, there, there was a play I do want to talk about. Micah Parsons is on the edge, okay, and he's blitzing. Yeah, he he takes a 49ers offensive lineman with one arm and he flings this guy's over 300 pounds easily. Micah Parsons throws him like he is me or like he is like a a little girl and he throws him to the side. And then I think he tips uh, Brock Purdy's pass or something. And it it was almost almost intercepted. Yeah, it was almost a pick. that guy can, I mean, he he can win you football games, literally. He can win you football games, that guy. He's yeah. such an asset for Dallas. And I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out. That play was that, that like, play was ridiculous. Um, and you know, I always have some sort of plug for for my boys. The yeah. announcers, if you were listening, um, that was what Hall of Fame defensive tackle. Reggie White would do. Um, he played on the Eagles for a really, really long time. And that's some stuff that he would do. And he's probably 30, 30 or 40 pounds heavier than Michael Parsons is. So he had that ability to just throw somebody. He wasn't as athletic as Michael Parsons. Yeah. That didn't call fame. Like, if you can just throw an NFL offensive lineman with one arm and then still get to the quarterback, that is just absolutely ridiculous. There, like, there's Yeah, there are certain players where you're like – where you're like talking about the abilities that they have. I I could already see Michael Parsons being an like a, a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah. Already He's, I can see him like right now for our generation, there's a couple people that you think of when you think of the best defensive linemen slash edge rushers in the entire league. You got mm-hmm. JJ Watt, TJ Watt. Yeah. JJ's not as much as he was earlier. In but, the past, but yes, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Michael Parsons like the, those are kind of like the and Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald like those, those are the big defensive lineman edge rusher guys that you would think of yeah and the Bosa's the Bosa's yeah like there's there's a number of guys that are just absolute freaks it's ridiculous yeah yeah and that's that new um kind of that new version of like you know like the edges coming out of college just freak athletes that you can put on the edge and yeah. that can just whoever can get around the offensive line fast enough and get to the QB. It's a big asset to have. And that's why you see like Kevon Thibodeau. Yeah. How he's, he's being he's used. Balling. Yes. Um, so just guys like that who are just freaks of nature, huge human beings, super strong, super fast. Uh, you know, guys like that, they're just so useful, uh, especially on the defensive end. And so yeah, I do want to say that I, I want to go into the NBA for a second and I don't. I don't expect you to know about this. I don't know if you may have seen it on. Uh, oh, I think I know where you're going. I loved it. The 
Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Let's go. Come on. These fucking clowns. Literally. These clowns on the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant is a fake tough guy. Granted, he's yeah. a great basketball player. He's so yeah. fun to watch. He has highlight reel dunks, highlight reel missed dunks. Great player. Um, Jaron Jackson, underrated player. I'm saying that right now. Jaron Jackson's underrated player. Okay. Now, you want to talk about Dylan Brooks? This dude, this, I, you want to talk about a guy. Dylan Brooks. I, don't even know, this I didn't guy, even know really who that was. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I knew Dylan Brooks coming out of college. I think he went to Oregon. Either way, a, a normal fan will not know who this guy is. Yeah, like, I after, don't know. After, after the game in the post press conference, this guy, Dylan Brooks, talks about Shannon Sharp like he doesn't know who he is. He said he calls him a pedestrian. That's okay, first ridiculous. of all, Shannon Sharp is good, has done more in his career than Dylan Brooks will ever do in anything in his entire life. Okay, the Hall of Famer. He has a, he has he is in the Hall of Fame. Hall, Hall of Famer, and I th- he has three three championships, three Super Bowls. I think three Super Bowls. Yeah, three Something Super like Bowls. Something like that. I don't I don't three know Super Bowls, number, but Hall of Famer. And 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 these scumbags that are on that are on the Grizzlies. They they have the nerve to talk about uh, Shannon Sharp, who is now an accomplished uh, uh, accomplished analyst, who mm-hmm. is always disputing or on undisputed with Skip Bayless, who is also a clown. I've He's gone in on Skip Bayless before. Dude, the way the have you seen the interviews between those two? Yeah, it's, it's, bad. Bad. it's, uh, it's getting bad. I, I've, I, I've, ta- I've talked about this on the pot on last pot. I talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't bad. get a chance to listen to the last one, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that show didn't last much longer. Or they got brought in somebody for Skip Bayless. Like he's an idiot. He literally, Dude. he literally tried telling Shannon that he didn't do much that much and he was like he was like you hate tom brady because he outlasted you in the league yeah no they play completely different positions here's the thing shannon sharp every time he gets the ball he gets smashed by a linebacker yeah he gets smashed by a db every time he's going to the ground he gets three super bowls he's in the hall of fame he's retired he has he's a leg he's like easily a top five tight end ever easily top five and Skip Bayless has the nerve who, by the way, has never played a sport in his entire life. And it shows Literally. because Literally. if you look at the shape this guy's in, I mean, dude, Skip Bayless has the nerve. Same way with Dylan Brooks to talk about Shannon Sharp like he's a nobody. You and I'm sick of it. I, I'm so sick he, of it. When he stood up and was wearing that outfit and was still about to just bitch all of them if they would have let him through. When he was the picture of him and Jaws dad making up at the end of the game. Or whatever it was after yeah. everything cooled down. Yeah. The size difference was ridiculous. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, go look on Instagram, go look on YouTube. Um, Shannon Sharp was courtside to the Lakers Grizzlies game. And he got in some sort of altercation with Dylan Brooks. And then the whole Grizzlies, I mean, their whole bench kind of came over. Um, the court was really crowded for a second. LeBron came over and whatever. Basically, he was telling Bro- uh, Brooks he can't guard LeBron, which is true. And absolutely true. John's John Morant's dad got involved for some reason. John Morant's dad is in LA watching the game. So yeah, it was just a big mess. And um, you know, I I guess I Shannon Sharp was in the wrong for like chirping in the first place. He like obviously yeah. it's it's pretty unprofessional for a guy like him. Uh you expect better from Shannon Sharp, but for Dylan Brooks, like I, I hate the Phoenix Suns, okay. But the the Memphis Grizzlies just became my most like my least favorite team in the entire league. I hate 
um, John Morant. I hate uh, Bain. I hate Brooks. I hate Jaron Jackson. Um, I hate them all. They're all fake tough guys, and they will never win a chip. They're not going to win this year. I don't think they're going to win next year or the uh, the year after that, and they're all going to split up and go other ways. I'm calling it right now the downfall of this team because they're not about it. They're not about it. And I'm going to be completely honest. That's just how Shannon Sharp is. Like, if you watch clips of him in college, in high school, like or in NFL, he played with a chip on his shoulder. He, yeah. But he, he's classy. He knows what he's doing. He He's not going to overstep for really that much. Like, he's going to defend himself. So if he says something, you say something back, he'll be, he'll come back even harder. But yeah. At the same time, if you're chirping and it gets to that and you can't just like brush it off and move on, then that's, that's an issue, especially knowing a guy of his caliber. Like I saw a clip. It was, this was funny. He was talking about in high school. He was like, it was in, in language arts class. He was like, my teacher always said, if a guy can't say a word or he's maybe his middle school, he's like, if a guy can't say a word, then we're going to help him sound it out. But let me do that. You don't do that. Right. Hmm. And then the kid stumbles over a word and the teacher goes, Johnny, it sounds like Johnny. It sounds like. And then Shana goes and I said, Johnny, it sounds like Johnny can't read. <laughs> and, then, and then the teacher apparently said. Shannon Sharp, get out of my classroom and don't come back until you know how to talk to people. Again. Johnny can't read. And then in the interview, he says, I left the classroom. I was gone for two weeks. <laughs> like, that's just how he is. Like, he's just he's a funny guy, dude. Yeah. But he's, he's a funny dresses, guy. He dresses real sharp. Nothing. He's not flashy. He's not. He's just tough. And he gets to the point. Yeah, man. Um, so that was a that was an interesting tobacco in the NBA world. That was certainly something crazy that happened. and. Uh, so, yeah, I hate the Grizzlies, and I hate the Suns still. I hate Devin Booker, um, and I hate Chris Paul. I hate Chris Paul, yeah. Chris Paul doesn't know how to win. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't know how to win basketball games, and that's why he'll never get a ring. <laughs> Literally. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was pretty wild. And with that being said, we, we already pretty much have our picks right for the Super Bowl. You, are you, for, you, think, you still think that the Bengals will beat the Chiefs? I do. I I think it's in Patrick Mahomes' head that Joe Burrow is his father on the football field. Um, whether or not raw talent and skill-wise that aligns, I don't think so. I think Patrick Mahomes is the better player. Um, but so far, Patrick Mahomes has not beaten Joe Burrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and when you when you get a stat like that, it's kind of hard to to overcome that. Um, also with that it's in your head you see stuff like that on twitter and it's in your head man like if you if you fuck up you're like you know i I can't speak for patrick what it goes on inside kermit's head but um (laughs) yeah um but yeah you know catch up like what the heck by the way can we speak on um can we speak on the kicker um, oh cowboys kicker? can we talk about him how how do you that's the first time anyone's ever missed four pats in a game ever and Dog. they started taking the stats in 1936 cd lamb goes up to him and I, did you see this clip of cd lamb no i saw the one at dak though it may have been dak who went it's up like to go for fucking two or something like that no 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 he went up to he went up the kicker and he was like we got your back bro it's all good it's all good we gonna win and like me in that situation i could never do that like if I, I would probably go up to him and start yelling at him. Like, this I is would. this is your job, dog. Like, uh, 
God. I know, I know we've, we've played sports together for, for a while. Um, yeah. I would have done something like that was that CD did not to like toot my own horn, but that's definitely something that I do. I, I, if I not, I feel like I have done that probably in the past. Um, someone misses three threes in a row, they get sat and I'm like, dude, you're fine. And then they're flipping chairs. Like I, it was, I sat on the end of the bench. I didn't play. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a good basketball player, but, but I'm there but for my teammates. You, but you it. brought the energy and you brought the energy and that's a very undermined thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, what CD lamb did was obviously it was a good thing, but like, I'm just saying, um, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, especially in the playoffs, if you can't trust your kicker to make 40 yard field goals, 50 yard field goals, like kicks that are like important that he will need to hit like this. These are NFL kicks. You need to yeah, hit. You like, got to hit those. May, uh, Brett Mayer, he's making $965,000. He's making almost a million dollars. And to go on that streak, like obviously every, everybody goes cold, but on extra points. Like, yeah. I was playing pool with my with my buddy Jack, and Jack was like, and he made a great point. He was like, I think if you gave me seven um, extra points, I think I make like four of them. Like I th- I think you could make like, and it's like a random guy you get off the street. Like how is this guy missing that? It's got to be yeah. a mental thing. It's yeah, you were saying that on your pod with Luke Tulip, weren't you? And Komasana, you were talking about hitting field goals if i can hit a field, yeah 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 i, I think was. yeah i think your average your average guy maybe not the distance that they have it now but at least old school pat where it was still from the two and it yeah. was what is that 15 yard 17 yard something like that yeah little, something like i think i could hit a couple like i know i know it's difficult because i've tried before but I'd, i feel like i could hit a couple yeah how far apart football goalposts? Let's see. Yeah, look that up. 18 feet and six inches. So if you're th- so if you think about it, it's like uh it's like six yards apart. So you yeah. have tw- you have 20 yards to get it up and through six yards. Okay, so I, I mean like that makes it seem harder than it is, but when you're whenever you think about like if you have any athletic background at all, you will yeah. be able to make the kicking motion and get the ball up into the air and through the uprights like fairly easy. So the, the fact that this guy was just like closing his eyes and running up and like like trying to toe ball it, I don't know. Like, dude. And obviously, yeah, it is hard, especially with wind and blocking and the timing and all that stuff. It's really, really difficult to nail a PAT. Like in game. It's extremely it's it is difficult. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's crazy easy because but when it's your job, but if you've been that's what I was about to say. If you've been doing it, how old is he? He's probably 30s. Yeah, let's see, let's see. Let's Look see. that up for me. Because if you've been playing football, I started in 33 years old. I started playing in fifth grade. So when I was 12, 10, 12 years old, I started playing football. And if you start kicking when you're 10 years old. And you've been kicking a football for 20, however many years, 22 years. And it's your job. You do it every day. You, that's that's your job. Like, this is what I would say about golfers, too. Like, it's your job to hit two-foot putts. Like, if you can't hit a two-foot putt. That's a great point. Smell you. Like, 
golf's even harder in my opinion but that's a whole nother debate that we can get yeah into. like pats uh pats are literally just give me putts pats literally. are give me putts like if, if, you're, if you're on the tour if you're on the tour like and you're not hitting uh give me putts you're not ever gonna win you're never gonna win no, you won't yeah you won't and it's the same with field goals like if you're if you, like that's why nobody ever really expects anyone to miss the pat they moved it back for a reason like kickers nowadays are able to kick from 63 yards and nobody really bats an eye like that used to be unheard of and now there's three or four kickers in the league who can do that yeah and you're sitting here and a dude misses a pat you're like what had to go wrong in order for that to happen like you hit these every day multiple times in practice like kickers don't do anything but kick at practice (laughs) yeah they literally sit there like there are a couple kids from Summit who were strictly kickers. They would show up at practice, stand around for a little bit, stretch, run, get their legs loose, and then they'd kick for 30, 45 minutes from different spots on the field, situational things. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but people would kick for however long, and then they'd be done, and then they'd lift. Like, that's, that's a kicker's practice, and if – that's your practice. You should be pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's like when we drew it back to golf, um, I do want to get into some of the golf too. And I, I hope you don't mind because there's well, been, I love golf. You know, I love there's golf. Been, I know you love golf and there's been a crazy development. Um, not crazy, I'd say, but like unexpected development as to 2023 in golf. But yeah, I haven't been following as much yet. I usually start picking it up around this time. And that's normal. That's normal. Yeah. I'm just a, I'm just a sick individual. So no, I wouldn't even say it's sick. Like, <laughs> in a bad way. It's a sick good thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, and- the way you love golf is fun to watch. I enjoy watching your stuff you put out there. You need to yeah. put out more golf content, honestly. Yeah, you know, I, I would accept um it's it's 35 degrees, but what I was about to say is that didn't stop me from going to the range the other day. It was like it was 38, but there was no wind. There was no wind and the sun was out. And so I was like, yeah. I'm going to go to the range. So I went to the range and I really only hit wedge shots, to be honest. And yeah. I, I just got a, I just got a new 60 degree. Uh, I, I went with a Callaway uh, Jaws wedge. Yeah, the Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. I went with one of those. I mean, this thing is spinning uh, really nice and I was hitting some nice shots with it. But that's neither here nor there because I was going to get into pro golf. What's going on with mm-hmm. pro golf? Uh, Really, who I want to talk about is John Rahm. John Rahm has yeah, started yeah. off 2023 with two wins already. Um, he just won the Amex, That's and easy. that was that was after he uh, won the first tournament of the year, and I'm blanking on uh, the name of that. But John Rahm is one of those players like he he's um, if he gets on. He will become the world number one, and I think he will stay that way for a while because he's been it before. Yeah, yeah. If he's hot, he, he's hot. When he when he's hot, yeah. But what I was gonna say is, his swing is one of the most consistent things uh, yeah. that I've ever seen. The way he has kind of a shorter backswing. If you're mm-hmm. ever looking for more consistency on the golf course, shorten your swing the way John Rahm does because this guy, I've never seen somebody pure Absolutely. more wedges this way. Um, drivers this way even he has a short a short quick move but it's it's it's, fast he gets through the ball and that helps him generate a lot of distance 
um, especially with having the shorter backswing because he because when you shorten your backswing, obviously you're not going to get as much distance because For sure, you know, but if you can speed it up, you still get that same compression that you would if you took the big long backswing. So and same and people don't it. understand that. People don't understand um tempo. Mm-hmm. And like when I'm when I'm posting these these videos on my TikTok of me like slowing down my swing and like just kind of um just working on ball striking. Ball striking, uh-huh. you will realize like once you're starting to find the club face and you're able to like control the way the ball's spinning. Um, yeah. you're able to control draw fade uh if you want to hit it more spinny you want to hit it higher lower you're yeah, need these shots absolutely. um and so yeah john but the way john ron plays um it, it's just it's really special to see he's one of my favorite players to watch just because his putting is fantastic yeah uh, his wedge play is really nice and he can hit it a long way so you remember that john ron. you remember that clip uh, i think it was a couple years ago masters maybe I don't remember. It was practice. What you're talking about? Um, there's the water, and then there's the green, and the way he was able—I don't even know how you do this. Yeah. Because I've tried it before. I've been like, dude, I'm just gonna hit it, and I'm gonna bounce it over the water, and it's gonna. But this thing basically rolled across the top of the water. I like. You watch the clip. It takes six, seven bounces across this pond, yeah. and then rolls up onto the green, rolls all the way past the hole, trickles all the way back down into the hole, hole in one, like. People can't, like, I don't ever assume that I'm going to have a whole one. My dad only had, my dad has two. I don't know how many, if your dad has one or what. My dad doesn't. He actually, last summer, he got closest to his, like, he got the closest he's ever gotten. He, um, I'm pretty sure, like, the ball hit, like, the rim or, like, the rim of the hole, like, just around the hole. that's annoying. And and it was, like, it was, like, four inches or five inches from the hole. And, uh so yeah, he was upset about it, but he was still pretty pretty hyped. Which funny story about the my dad's? If you want to get into that, it's about Carson. Uh, since he was digging on me a little bit, this is going to be my time to come at him a little. So my dad got a hole in one, right? Okay. Put the ball in his dresser. You know, wanted to keep it as a memento, whatever you that word is. I right. don't even know. Um, Carson is scavenging the house for balls. No, he didn't. And he goes to my dad's dresser because this dude is a, a fool for balls. He grabs it, puts it in his bag, goes out and plays, right? Playing at the Legends. You've played there. Yeah. I don't know. If, we played the front together, didn't we, one time? Um, yes, we've played the front. You know, I think it's the par three, number five. It goes over water, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was it even close? I wasn't there. You weren't um, there. He was playing by himself. Oh. And when Carson got home that day, my dad goes, hey, Carson, have you seen that ball that was in my dresser? Um, Carson goes, yeah, why? He goes, well, where is it? He said, in the lake on hole five. And then my dad goes, you're joking. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Uh, now we have both of his hole-in-one scorecards in a little box framed up. Good. And- only one ball. Now everyone's like, did you hit it with the same ball? With the same ball. Goo. What's up? Goo, say hi to the pod, my, my man. Say hi to the pod. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's going good, man. Goo, can we get some words about the 76ers? How you, how you feeling about your Sixers so far this year? Dude, I'm feeling good right now. Uh, yeah? 
You know, they, they came back after down 25 to the Sacramento Kings without, wow. without Joel and James. So we're on a three-game win streak right now. So I good think for we're the Sixers. Still. Yeah, good for the Sixers, man. That's yeah. great to hear. And uh, Sixers certainly title contenders this year. People are sleeping. But oh, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Goo, for sure. I'm with you. Fire Doc, and it'll be better. <laughs> then you won't blow leads. Yeah. Fire yeah, Doc, Sixers will be be freaking chip down. That's they'll be that's primed. They'll be primed for sure, man. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, something else I did want to get into, and uh, this can be the last thing if you'd like. But uh, good, good golf. Mm. You want to talk about some guys that are really making some waves. Good, good golf just signed with Callaway on a club deal. Okay. I did see that. I didn't get very much into that. I used to be a big good, good guy. Um, watching me into good, good. But by the way, for people who don't know, um, I want to credit Riley right now. I'm going to give him some credit because Riley got me into good, good golf during um, choir class. And I would have nothing to do or we'd have nothing to do. So we would watch good, good. And Watching those guys play got me into golf personally, and it's the reason I first even started playing golf. Um, it's the reason I played high school golf. It's the reason I'm obsessed with it now, and I post stuff, you know, on my TikTok. So credit to Riley for that. Uh, credit yeah, to we Good watching, Good. We well. watched so much. It was Good yeah. Good. It was Bryson DeChambeau. It was yeah. freaking Kyle Berkshire. It was all those dudes, and we would just sit there and just talk about it because you liked watching golf always, but for you sure. never really like – I hadn't been to the YouTube side yet. And you showed yeah. me that because of like COVID, all these people were starting to really get into uh, YouTube golf and post content like that. And I had watched golf, like uh, I'd watched pretty much only like the majors. Occasionally I watched some of the tournaments, but mostly majors I'd watch like with my dad, but I never watched YouTube golf and YouTube golf makes golf like fun. Like they make different oh, yeah. modes, um, like different ways to play. They show you like different ways to play with your friends. And uh, on par yeah. four is ridiculous. Yeah. Hole in one on par four. Yeah. It just, uh, and the fact that they have cameras everywhere showing everything, uh, you know, I, I got into good, good. And then recently I've gotten more, I've switched more from, I still watch good, good, but I switched more into Bob, the sports, uh, the guys at Bob, the sports, those guys are really making some fantastic content. If yeah. you haven't watched them, watch them. You're like good, good's like kid friendly and stuff like that. Bob, the sports is like, everything out the window these guys are doing yeah. like drinking challenges they're doing yeah, Bob was, Bob's legit. they're doing they're doing stuff over there at bob does sports and um so yeah credit to riley for getting me into good good golf and they signed with callaway okay they signed with callaway uh, yeah with their upcoming release of their new driver the paradigm now mm. if you haven't seen this thing riley you can look it up right now it this this I'm driver check on my phone real quick this driver is a beast it um i'm a sucker for marketing this this driver it looks sweet. Allegedly, the plus version has like numbers that have never been recorded before with drivers. Um, it's a big time for Callaway. They hit it out of the park with this. It's got carbon fiber. Yeah, like Ford, the forged carbon. Yes, Jail forged carbon. Technology. Everybody's yeah. moving to these drivers, man. The this uh, this Callaway paradigm. It's it's something really special. Callaway's doing some great stuff over there and. To sign Good Good is a huge uh, sign, and Good Good just dropped a uh, video where they played with John Rahm. Uh, mm. And they just dropped one, I think it was either today or yesterday, where they played with Ricky Fowler. So that, like, Good Good is really They're legit. 
they're bringing him in, man. These, these isn't guys. um, which one is it? Isn't he? Didn't he sign with Liv? Who? I forget the one with long hair, Micah. I think isn't Micah his name? He said no. He didn't sign with Liv. He he left good good. He's pursuing pro golf. I think he's like trying to get on the corn Ferry tour. That's what that's so, what it was. Okay, yeah. I I didn't know if he went straight to live, um, or if he was trying to make his way into PGA and that kind of stuff. No, live live. You know, as much as people like trash live, live is a select group of people who make a lot of money. You yeah, have to be. It's, you have to be. You have to be top of the top to get into live, or you have to be like a past talent in the same way that uh, you know Mickelson was. You need to be a household name, or you need to be icy cold at golf, and. Yeah. Um, you can trash Norman all you want, but the dude knows golf and they just signed a TV deal. We can get into that as well with uh CW, I think that network. And, you know, there's been a lot of memes because their stuff is going to be on at like four 30 in the morning or something like that, because they're in uh, Saudi Arabia yeah. um, for some of their tournaments. Either way, this is going to bring in some crazy ratings just because people will be interested. And I think it's going to be recorded and watched later Live will grow because of this, and I think it's something that a lot of people should watch out for. And the Absolutely. PGA needs to make some changes, or else it will. They fall need to make them. they need to make some moves. I'm not even saying necessarily that they need to change a whole lot. Um, they just need to figure out a way to bring in the younger generation. Um, that and accommodate their players better. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm I don't know as much about the player accommodations. I just know. Personally, watching golf growing up with my dad was fantastic. It was very relaxing. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, let's sit down, spend – I'm not doing anything today. Might as well just sit down, turn some golf on. If I end up having to do something in between, I not really a big deal. Like, I can get up. I can take a nap. It was really, really some of the best naps I've ever had were watching Sunday golf or Saturday day golf. And it was – great time to be alive but mm -hmm. as it's progressing i'm becoming that older generation a little bit and it's like i can see where i still have an appreciation and love for the game but i can see where younger kids nowadays find it boring and they don't enjoy spending that time sitting there hanging out with people watching the game of golf yeah it's just not it's not fast paced there's no bang 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 when i when i tell people that i watch golf uh, when I tell people I watch golf, like on TV, they're like, how do you watch that? It's got to be the most boring thing to watch for me. Like when you understand how golf is played and how you have to control pretty much every aspect of your, the round you're having, when you see this, the, this kind of shot, some of these players are hitting, it's, it's really, really insane. Yeah. And what I was going to say, especially about live, um, is like, in terms of how the PGA accommodates their players, I'm, I'll get into that real quick because you, yeah. you said you were a little bit like, confused. The yeah. way the PGA treats their players, um, I kind of, was kind of like opened my eyes to because Good Good before couldn't really film with any of their PGA um, players. Correct. We talked about this on their podcast. Like they like so they were taking videos of. Um, some of the players swings at a tournament and like some PGA officials come up, came over and told them like, you need to delete that. Like you need to like, they, you can't record. The yeah. That's, yeah. Cause swing. it was similar to the NCAA thing where they couldn't as much profit off themselves outside of the PGA had to be PGA yeah, sanctioned, like, right? Like, bro, like why? Like, like, uh, and that's another reason 
you know, a lot of people thought Bryson DeChambeau just left for the money, and that very well may be the, the truth, but Bryson loves creating content. He has yeah. a YouTube channel now where he makes uh, really awesome videos, like mm -hmm. matches with people. He's yeah. able to do that now because he's received uh, so much more freedom from signing to Live. Live loves their players getting out there and making yeah. a name for themselves and bringing people into Live the way that Bryson's doing. The PGA doesn't do that at all, and they were real sticklers about it for a while. They're finally letting uh, people like uh, John Rahm and they're letting people like Ricky Fowler film with Good Good, which is which is a step uh, forward. But they still don't have contracts for their players. And did somebody just die? What did I just? Say? <laughs> I I'm not sure. Goo lives in a suite. Um, okay. and I didn't expect his suite mates to be hanging out this late. You don't need to clarify. Um, <laughs> we can get into that off the pod. We can talk. Yeah, about sure. Um, I don't think it's good for the viewers. Um. <laughs> But yeah, his sweet mates are out there being, they're playing Mario Kart. So you know how it is. Oh, for sure. Goose roommate just got back too. So the door was open. That's why it sounded okay. Understood. But we're good. We're good. They're, they're going to quiet down a little bit, I think. Cool. So we can, keep, we can keep firing away because I still think we got plenty to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well then go ahead because you said you had something to say in regards to PGA. Or what do you, do you want to get into anything? What do you, um, you got? In regards to PGA. Not yeah. as much anymore. You were kind of on a rant there, and they were being loud, and it kind of interrupted it. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, and foreplay podcast, Barstool Sports, they've been able to bring more people on there as well um, because they the PGA is finally opening that up. Like Will Zalatoris, he's been on there a couple times. Um, guys like that, the younger guys, who, honestly, that could be the play for PGA. Let guys get on podcasts. Let guys get on set the play. Let guys go make TikTok videos because then the younger kids are like, that dude just hit the ball 400 yards and all these people are going crazy about it. Like, yeah, that could be what gets the younger generation into golf more. You know what I'm saying? I think the idea of live golf is really, um, I, I think it's really impressive. Like, I picture live golf as kind of like the XFL. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, but it's like, it's something different. I think that they're they're two different things entirely because live golf is everything packed into like four hours of golf. Um, everybody tees off at the same time and it's constant highlights every single time. It's like if somebody holds out, they show the replay of that. And there's actually people that are going and it gets loud and it gets rowdy. And yeah, I think that I think that'll be great. 16th yeah. waste management type stuff like Ooh, that. Yeah. To see, I want to go to that someday. I've heard some crazy stories. Yes. Like people from Arizona State, they have like tailgates and then they go to the game and are absolutely plastered. At yeah. The, or at the match. Sorry, I don't know why I said game. But yeah. like that atmosphere on the 16th hole of the waste management, Oof. I've heard is some of the craziest in sports. To go to go and to see a hole in one is like a dream, dude. Yeah, especially on that hole, like it'd be ridiculous. Yeah, um, I think the last one that was made is a guy named Sam Ryder. So if you want to go on YouTube and watch Sam Ryder holding out uh, on number sixteen, or is it seventeen or sixteen? Six. Uh, I think it's sixteen. Yeah, sixteen at the waste management. It is uh, like it's like. It's a whole, it's a par three, right? So it's about 120, 110 yards. Okay. So it's a wedge shot for most of these players. And it's completely surrounded by grandstands that are 
three stories high, maybe even four stories high. And to hit a close shot on that par three is already a really like nice attribute because it's like a tough hole to play. But to yeah, make it, bunkers all on the out on the all yeah, outside, like bunkers around really undulated green. So to hit a close shot is really special. But for Sam Ryder to make it and for everybody else to go wild was really really awesome to see. Um, yeah, so go look at that. That that's pretty much all I got for that. And I think the younger generation will be more drawn to live. Um, but if the PGA can accommodate those those kids, I think it will be better. I want to get into. Uh, miss you a little bit, and I'm going to comment on the Alabama game. Okay. Um, Alabama was, game was rough. Arkansas game was lit. Not, Arkansas I'm, game was lit. Me, me and my buddies were there at the okay. game, and that would that move that game was a movie. It was three hours of just, um, you know, I, I got to check how many fouls were called total. It was almost sixty fouls. Wasn't it like 86, 87 with like fifteen seconds left, and then Missouri ended up. Winning like 89, 87, something like that. Um, How'd that finish? I know it was crazy. I didn't really, I don't really, yeah, so as much until March. Yeah, so we had like a three, we had like a four point lead, okay, because, um, because what's his name? Because Sean East, I forget, I always forget Sean East's name. Oh, that. Sean East, who had a wait, what did he foul out or what? I don't remember. No, 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 he didn't foul out. He he had a really rough first half and he was turning the ball over quite a bit. Uh, Arkansas went up by 10 points, I think, in the first half at some point. And Mizzou kind of just chipped away and chipped away. And we had a horrible game from uh, Des Moines Hodge, who is usually our premier uh, three point shooter. He makes everything he looks at usually. He was ice cold this game. He played yeah. really well on the defensive end. We had Kobe Brown. We had him um, in full force. He had 17, 6, and 2. Just a, a really, I mean, kind of an average game from him. That's just like kind of what we expect from Kobe Brown. But right. he showed up big. And DeAndre Golston showed up huge, uh, along with Sean East in the second half, hitting some really crazy shots, getting some crazy and ones And what, uh, you know, a lot of uh, – let me let me see how many fouls. Okay. It was 23. So 55 fouls total between the two teams in this game, which wow. is which is absurd. The refs were practically they needed to swallow their their whistles. The, these refs like it was a really physical game. It was a bloodbath. And As it should be in the battle line game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The battle line game, of course, and it came down to it. We wanted the win. We needed the win. We lost to them. Uh, whenever we play them at first. And Brazil, who was originally with us, is now with Arkansas, was talking shit on Twitter. Uh, we yeah. shut him up real fast. As you should. And, yeah, we shut him up real fast, and he was getting clowned. There was, like, pictures of him um, after he, like, tore his ACL, like, horrible, horrible stuff that was going on on Twitter from Mizzou that's, fans. But That's awful. Yeah, it's bad. It's just really bad, but you love to see it. And, you know, Mizzou <laughs> – uh, Mizzou comes out with the win. Um, so Brazil can suck on that. And we we win the battle line rivalry in basketball. We end up with the trophy. And then we win it in football as well this year. So Mizzou officially owns Arkansas. Yeah, they do. That game was amazing. That game was amazing. Absolutely was. I, I didn't see much, but I did see the final score. 
and that only just my imagination of how that game would have been being at the game, the atmosphere yeah. in that arena. The would've... second to last play of the game, Kobe Brown uh, twisted his ankle and mm-hmm. that made uh, that prohibited him from playing in uh, I think it was yesterday's game against Alabama. We played number four, Alabama mm-hmm. and yeah. they came out really slow, which, which allowed us to stay in it early I think we were around each other at 20 to 20, and then they really just started to come into their own. They've got Javon Quiverly, who I didn't even know still played uh, college basketball. He's been playing for like six years. If you don't know. Dude, COVID, I'm telling you. He was the originator. Do you know who Quiverly is? I have heard the name. Um, I'm not, like I said. I'm going to tell you this, and then you're going to be like, oh. Yeah. He was – like one of the two originators of Jelly Fam. You remember oh, that yeah. huge movement? Quiverly oh, was Jam or Jelly? That's the question. Yes. It was back um, that was middle school. Holy that was middle. Shit. No, and he's playing in college still. We he's were because that was Zion, and we were trying to decide whether or not we wanted the jelly or jam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, let me let me look at how old this dude is. He's old as hell, bro. He's gotta be. He's 24, still playing college basketball. Like dog. dog. Take out a more take out a mortgage, dog. Literally move on with your life. Yeah, go, go live in a house. Oh well, but they've got oh, a really. Still can't you still can't rent the car, so you can't do that yet. That's some true. Reason. For some reason, I don't know. Brandon Miller, I tell you, this guy Brandon Miller, um, freshman phenom for Alabama. He's undisputably the best freshman in the in the country this year, and it isn't even really close. This guy is a dog. Uh, they have a really good front court, uh, not back court, sorry, with Quinterly and this other guard, Sears, I think uh, his name is. And they looked really good. Alabama's obviously at uh, number 14. But I think if you give us Kobe Brown this game, I think it's completely different. I really do because they, they just looked bigger than us. They um, they got us on the boards. If you watch the game, that's always kind of tough for us. But Kobe helps with that a lot. And that's all I'm going to say about the Alabama game is it was winnable if we had our best player. I I understand that entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of let this pod come full circle. Who knows what happens those games that Jalen Hurts didn't play? Like, if that's he true. plays in those games, what what's what's different about him? You know, like people say he's not MVP caliber, but look at the quality of the team when he's playing and when he's not. Yeah, when people say that, go and watch him play. Like, that's the difference between having your playmaker and not. Like, like you're saying with with Brown. Like, he – and I'm not a big basketball guy. I'll say that again. What you're making it sound like is there's just a whole different energy when he's on the court. Well, whenever it's a close game, Kobe Brown brings up the ball and he's 6'8", 250. Like this guy, he just take he's our floor general and he's not a point guard. He's he, the guy. Like, he's the guy. He's our guy. Like yeah. that's plain and simple. Like I saw a stat. I was watching the game against the Cowboys. I saw a stat and it said that Miles Sanders, right, with Jalen Hurts in the game, he averages like four and a half, five yards a carry, right? Wow. And 139 yards per game, right? Something like that. It was, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but without him, averages 49 yards per game and three, two to three yards a carry. Like, like that's still 49 yards a game is not, not great, but the couple yards 
average. It's it's fine, but the difference in the quality of play from a running back shouldn't have that much effect on a quarterback. Like no. it, like that's something that you can only attribute to a guy's leadership and playmaking ability to be able to have that happen. With an addition to the fact that he brings another level to the offense with the fact that he can also scramble. I think Gardner Mitchell doesn't Gardner Mitchell doesn't bring the same versatility that Jalen no. Hurts uh, does. And Jalen Hurts is one of the premier um, vers- versatile quarterbacks in the league. He, I think he's a really underrated runner. I think he's yeah. a very smart runner, and he's, he runs at the right times when he knows he has nothing and his pocket's collapsing. And um, Yeah, when, when you watch him, you see that he's a very smart football player, very smart. Absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things. When you have your playmaker, players make plays. And if Kobe Brown's that guy, then – that's what Mizzou needs. And maybe they're in that game. Like, but it's a speculation, man. But yeah, you know, I, I don't think we, I don't think we're there yet with this team, you know, these guys that we have, but we've shown that we can beat teams like this. I mean, we've shown that we, we uh, you know, the two blemishes we have now is, is uh, like real blemishes we have now is Kansas, which was a big loss. Uh, we weren't ready for them. And then we weren't really ready for Alabama without our leader. So yeah. yeah, K-State beating Kansas has to feel good as a Mizzou fan, though. That was exciting to watch. That was really exciting to watch. And That's I was got to feel good. Yeah, that was special to see that. But, um, yeah, you know, K-State, uh, K-State fans especially are really crazy on Twitter, as actually all fans are. But um, when we lost to K-State in football this year and that uh, rain bowl, basically what it was, yeah, because our game got postponed for a little bit or um, paused for a little bit, whatever it's called, rain delay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a rough game, and we ended up losing. And on, on Twitter, everybody was going crazy from K State. So I don't like K State either, but to see no, K State humble Kansas was really nice to see. Gotta love to see that. Yeah, really nice to see, man. I I really I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? No, not that I can. Not that I, I think can. we really solidify, got to solidify that bet that we had, right? 15-15, is that what it was? 15-15, yeah. With the Super Bowl? 15-15, and um, oh, that was, yeah, that was for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was for who gets into the Super Bowl. Do you want to right. make another, uh, once we get to it, we'll make another bet. Once we get we can, to it. We can talk about it. I don't yeah. know. We can talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, anyway, guys, um, Diffley's picks are eagles Bengals. My picks are 49ers Chiefs. Watch those games, really get into it. And uh, I think they're both going to be fantastic games. I think this is shaping up to be one of the best playoffs we've had uh, in recent Absolutely. years, especially. Anybody can win. Hmm? I said the script writers did it right. The script writers did it right. I thought they were going to give the Bills the win today. I got to say, I, I thought they were going to. I kind of did. It was back and forth, you know? Yeah. But oh. by the way, uh, and I'm saying this now because Demar Hamlin's perfectly fine now. The wild, the yeah, which is wild, and and that's fantastic that he's perfectly fine. But the the slurpage of Demar Hamlin on the uh, broadcast today was some one of the more crazy things that I've ever seen. To mention him once or twice is is nice that he's at the game, but to talk about him more than what's actually going on in the football game is really troubling to me. Um, mind you, it, it was a huge story, but like 
you know, everybody's changing their profile pictures to pray for Demar, and now he's he's good. You know, we're, we he's good. We can move on now. You know, we can move yeah, on. Absolutely. That's that's and all I'm gonna say. Not even necessarily move on and forget. It's more of a move on and remember. Like move on and remember for sure. It's one of those things where you can't like hang your hat on it. Like imagine me and the guy like T Higgins, right? Oof, did, yeah. Did nothing wrong. Football play, put his shoulder down, fighting for extra yards. Freak accident happens. He thinks he basically is a murderer for two days, two, three days. Demar Hamlin makes a recovery and he goes and rewatches this game. And all they're talking about Demar, 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 Demar. Like that has to mess a dude up mentally. Oh, like, for sure. yes, he's, yes, he's okay, but that just keeps replaying what could have happened. Yeah. Like if it didn't go well and and T. Higgins, he's not the reason, but if he essentially was the cause, like cause and reasoning, that fucks with your head, dog. Like you'd be, you'd be messed up. Yeah. Especially if people keep talking about it. Like he's probably sitting there, like so relieved, but also so like, I don't know, dude. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. It was so bizarre what happened to Amar because he got up just fine, and then he just had a cardiac arrest, and he just fell down. Yeah, did you did you end up looking into why that happened? Because I did a little bit. I was freaking out because I was like, what the heck just happened? That Go ahead. Yeah, t- enlighten me because I, I really – I don't know. So the way your heart beats, it beats in three stages, right? Right. The way – and it has like a little wave and then it has the big beat and then another little wave, right? Okay. And if it if you can – if it hits with enough force and enough like straight right in your heart at the right area, right time, all that good stuff – not good, but all that stuff. Yeah. Um, on the upslope of that final wave. So literally fractions of a millisecond amount of time. If it hits with enough power during that itty bitty span of time, completely stops your heart. Like ridiculous. It happens. So it can happen to anybody, but it's so rare. So rare. So rare. It happened to a blues player a long, long, long time ago. I don't remember his name, but I Hockey fans would know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, crazy thing. He he passed away. That the guy that it happened to the Blues. Yeah. Guy, I mean, anybody make, like even like 10 it. years ago would would have passed, I think. Yeah. Like it's a freak, freak thing that happened. And it's something that you gotta be willing to do. If you play a sport like football, you gotta be willing to put your whole body on the line. Yeah, I want to say that um about injuries this year. There have been some more, more this year, I think, than any other year, especially with head injuries. Yeah. Um, it's been a big thing this year. And players are starting to wear those, like, necklaces or whatever yeah, those things are around their neck. neck brace. Tony Pollard's been wearing one for a couple of years. Yeah. He's two years. I think they came out three years ago. So he was one of the first guys that I noticed doing it. But you're um, seeing a lot of players wear those, which is really good. Um, I think it's real. like, And I don't know if it's something wrong with the helmets. Uh, by the way, I think every team should get grass fields for sure. I agree. I agree. Every team needs grass fields. This is the NFL. This is not – we're not trying to cut costs. This is the best football organization in the entire world. This Absolutely. is the most premier athletes. You need to take care of your players and get grass fields. And you need to keep good care of them because yes. there's a difference in having a grass field that ends up being just dirt. And I say this playing on good grass fields and bad grass fields. When I play on a good grass field – or played, I loved playing on that field a lot more 
than an average turf field. Like yeah. our high school turf field is really, really solid turf field. Yeah. And I even like playing on good grass better than that. Like for sure. I stepped on and this is the game I got hurt. I hate the fields that I got hurt on the mm. it's Parkway central. So they super rubbery, super bouncy, super like sticky, almost like your foot. It doesn't, it feels like you're bouncing, but like, they also, have turf? yeah, it yeah, feels like okay. you're getting stuck. Like it, I stepped on the field. I said, this is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that. I sound like LeBron again, calling shots. Yeah, I called me tearing every ligament in my knee. I didn't them. say I didn't say that. I just said that. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. Good. And as you see, Mason got injured that game. I got injured that game. That one kid, Matt Miroff, basically killed him. But that had nothing to do with the turf. Um, there were a lot of injuries on that game. And same with Parkway West. Field. Like there, there's a lot of injuries that come off those fields, and it's because of those the deep amount of padding essentially that they're trying to i don't know it's one of those things i prefer grass fields over yeah it's it's another one of those things um and i think uh one of the nba uh what's his name he was a coach for the mavericks for a while when dirk was uh going on his tear um what's his name i have no clue he was he was talking on twitter to um let's see let's see let's see let's see jason kidd um jason kidd is current former coach of the dallas mavericks um it may not even be that guy anyway it's a short guy short guy with like glasses um and i'm blanking on his name and he's a he's a a really known name in the basketball world, but he was talking on Twitter about how players are getting hurt so much in the NBA now because they're being like babied by their, um, by their, you know, medical staff or whatever, whenever they have any sort of discomfort, they're told not to play or like, they're like sore at all. They're told not to play. And that, that creates like, I don't, I'm not going to say like immunity, like, but like whenever you're playing, and you're playing through the like those sorenesses and stuff. You build up strength in your body, and it's why yeah. players re, um, back in the day where you they used to be able to play like um, so many games in a season. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing, you know, it's it's not uh, uncommon to see a star player go out with a torn ACL, a torn ligament, something like that in the season. And uh, I think it just speaks to what's happening in the in the uh, medical staff. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and that even trickles all the way down the high school level and and stuff like that. There, mm. I've been hearing of so many more injuries recently. And right now it's wrestling season. Carson picked up wrestling. There have been three people that I've heard of who have dislocated their elbow this wrestling season, oh. um, which is not an injury that you used to hear about a lot. Like, no. that's not something that a lot of people used to know a lot about, but the way I, I don't know what it is. The way people are taking care of their bodies is not the same. And it's freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and players are like, you're seeing like players like seize up and like freeze yeah. up. It's like, it's, it's tough to watch dog. Like Juju did it this year. Tua did it. Obviously those are some of the notable ones, um, you know, and like, it just happened. It's just happened a lot. And, you know, play like, they're like not able to move their limbs and shit. It's just like, it's, it's so tough to see 
And I hope it's not anything wrong with the helmets. I think the NFL just needs to really start um, locking down on that. I do. I, do. I don't know how I they're going to do it, but I'd agree. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, I don't know. That's pretty much all I got, man. Yeah, me too. I mean, nothing really, nothing else really going on for real. Yeah. Well, uh, well, good. This was, this was awesome. Uh, great podcast with Riley. We really got into this, some of the best football. We got into a little bit of basketball, a little bit of golf too. We threw it all in and uh, you can expect that and more with sports society. This was another episode of sports society and uh, Riley, anything for uh, before we wrap up? No, not for real. All right. Fly Eagles fly. That's all I got to say. Fly Eagles fly. Keep an eye on the Eagles guys. And uh, we'll see you around.